Hello, enjoying SBO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Hi, I'm JR. And I'm Tara. Bringing you our perspectives of school finance from New York to Oregon and, and everything, everything in, in between. between. This is SBO Perspectives. everybody. On today's podcast, we have Jason Goody. Jason Goody is the CFO of the fifth largest school district in the United States, the Clark County School District. How are you, Jason? Uh, doing well. How are you? Very good. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Again, we know um, it, it took some time to connect, but we're very happy that you're able to get on uh, to, to our show here, um, along with Tara, who's actually if you didn't know about the podcast, she's just come on board this year. Um, but we've been running for about the last few years, so we thank you again. Um, so for our listeners out there, because we have over 500 subscribers, we want them to know right away or get again a sense of who's on, um, who's this person we're looking into uh, for the podcast. And so with that, if you don't mind, maybe if you have... Um, you know, any background or experience that you can convey to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Great. So uh, currently, um, as you mentioned, I'm the, the chief financial officer for the Clark County School District, uh, fifth largest in the nation. Uh, we service uh, just around 292,000 students, 40,000 wow. employees. And uh, I've been here since July 2017. Um, Very nice. That this Thanks. is my first foray into the governmental finance world, uh, and previously held a number of uh, chief financial officer positions with uh, smaller casino companies. And prior to that, I was a CPA with the um, firm Anderson, uh, which was previously Arthur Anderson, um, up until around 2002. Very good. So you have. Okay. Uh, a well-rounded experience. Um, and then I guess you made the transition into uh, schools, which is awesome. Um, and I, I can tell that, you know, you really have a big, big task at hand. I mean, almost 300,000 students. Wow. Um, how's that feel sometimes when you come in? Like, you know, uh, you you're know, writing it's, this. It's challenging. The, the you know, the day-to-day -day piece where you've got to think about essentially the well-being and, and how can we service 300,000 students uh, is a big challenge. We've got a we've got a big team and we've got a good team and so um, that that helps uh, ease my mind. I don't I don't have to worry about the day to day with the students. I just got to worry about getting getting money into the schools to make things happen. Right. Absolutely. So Tara was not shy. Just so you know, for listeners out there, um, <laughs> she had a really great time uh, this past weekend, um, and so she. Um, Wait, you could say Tara real quick because I don't want to kind of steal anything that is mentioned here. But she went on a, a you saw the last game of the season of the Seattle. Yeah, we were in Arizona for the Arizona Cardinals game, 
So I um, maybe had a little bit too much fun and lost my voice a little bit. So, <laughs> so, so well, I am picking up most of the questions. Yeah. So, but don't she's still here? Don't think she's just like there in the background. No, she's <laughs> she's fine. Um, but nonetheless, so you mentioned the district. All right, three hundred thousand students. Um, what I guess approximately. How many teachers? Well, actually, fucking teachers. What's what's the budget? What's your budget size? And I guess some of the other bigger pieces of the district. Sure. So our operating budget is right around three point four billion dollars. Uh, then we'll have capital projects, food service that are housed outside of that operating budget of another billion and a half. So we're we're, we're approximately a five billion dollar operation uh, all in. Uh, as I mentioned. We service right around 292, 3,000 students. We have over 40,000 employees. Approximately 18,000 of those employees are uh, licensed professionals, primarily teachers. Uh, but okay. That does include counselors, uh, social workers, et cetera, nurses. And then we have approximately 11,000 support professionals, um, which include anything from maintenance, uh, transportation drivers, custodial services, et cetera. Wow, that is a huge wow. operation. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tell you, I've never outside. I mean, I'm from New York, so New York City, um, they have one of the largest in the country. But I mean, just to hear you state all that out there in Nevada, I mean, that's something serious. Um, and I, I know Nevada's no, mostly known for like Vegas, right? And um, and the good times out there. I was actually there uh, a couple months ago. Um, just to have that, you know, city school system is is, is huge, tremendous. So um. That's comes to the, our, I guess, our next question here um, for you. And we pose this question because we know this is not something uncommon across the country, um, you know, funding. And so, um, but we do know, we did a little research that um, you guys don't receive as much funding. As a matter of fact, I think you might have been like 47 to 48th um, as far as funding um, in a nation. So, you know, at the same coin, the latest governor uh, for your state last year um, pledged to increase and add more funds uh, for schools. Now, if this plays out for the state, just in your just you know, this shows about SBO perspectives, right? So, where do you think the areas you'll have the most need for funding? Uh, the the governor and legislature did. Uh, as you mentioned, um, significantly increased funding uh, in this. We have a biennium or a biennial legislative uh, session. So every two years. And so they set our budgets for two oh. years in, in, in Nevada. And so that, that provides some advantages and some challenges as well. Right. When there's yeah, that is different. Not to get you off, but every two years, is that yeah. sufficient? Uh, it, 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 it probably is not. Um, in things change so fast. Yeah. Um, however, you know, it is it, it, if 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 there are reserves, there are other mechanisms in our funding uh, plan that, that do protect at least the school districts. Uh, so it does provide some challenges, uh, but but okay. but it's the way it's been for a while. So we've kind of adapted to to how that works. And and so so that helps us get, you know, I don't know if we're going to climb out of the 47th or 48th per percent because there were a number of other states that also had large infusions of cash into the K-12 education okay. system as well. Uh, I also work on the, the Commission of School Funding, which was legislatively created to look at our new funding plan and also look at the funding adequacy in the state. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we basically came up with a number, two numbers between two and a half and three and a half billion dollars of how much incremental funding uh, K-12 education needs at this point in time to just get okay. to one, get to the national average, and yeah. then two, get to what a, a an external consultant considered to be an adequate funding level. And so there's there's significant need. And, and prioritization, the first place really gets around funding funding the district so that we can attract and retain staff. And yes. that is yeah. that is that is the most important piece that we have. Um, you know, the other piece is to, to really look at providing equitable education opportunities. Um, mm. And that means looking at the diversity of your students in, in all sure. aspects um, mm-hmm. as it relates to learning capabilities, uh, interests, things of that nature. There's a lot of work, yeah. work, work based learning uh, programs out there that are beneficial for different students. Uh, and then also improving and, and, and dedicating funds to improving the supports that are available for students and families. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we saw that during COVID, the significant need for social emotional learning, things of that nature, uh, tutoring, anything like that. And then um, from a priority perspective, the last component is we need significantly more money for facilities, uh, either oh, from yeah, a, right a, a that. Yes. perspective. Yeah. Uh, but also from a construction perspective, you know, Correct. CCSD or Clark County was the fastest growing Las Vegas County um, from, you know, the, the 90s to early 2000s. We're the fastest growing city slash county in the nation for, for decades, um, mm-hmm. which meant that there's no chance that the infrastructure, one for the city county could keep up, nor certainly for our schools. And so that causes some significant challenges. And so all we did was build schools. We spent nothing on renovations during a, a large period of time because there was enough money. Yeah. And now we're in the place to where we're needing significantly more money for the renovations uh, because we're not needing to build as many schools. So those are uh, kind of the priorities that, that the state has laid out when we think about the, the superintendents of the school districts. Mm-hmm. So that was where those main priorities came from. Well, David, I have to tell you, number one, you guys seem to be very well poised to where you have an understanding of these issues, right? Um, and planned out um, some strategies to map, you know, bit by bit as you tackle each one. Um, but but I got to tell you that that's a lot, you know, to really to encompass, um, you know, like you said, those different tenements. And I'm sure I know you mentioned um, students, but I'm sure maybe even homeless from COVID, right? Perhaps and things like that you're looking at. Um, and I guess this too also segues into another question that we had for you was really teacher shortages. Teacher shortages are also something very common across the country. And so um, I guess even for our listeners, um, we understand in your story here, it's, it's somewhat unique because you had such large growth. I didn't even know that, but it made sense, right? Vegas was booming. Uh, and I'm not saying it's not booming now, but you're saying they just built, built, built. And then think about, like you said, the renovations and over time, the wear, right, of, of the building. Um, but what are some of the measures that you guys are taking to help fill in the gaps for teacher shortages? Because I know that's probably a huge, huge um, uh, something you're facing and you're tackling. Yeah, it's certainly one of the most significant challenges that, that we face and the nation faces. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is not unique to Clark County. This is not unique to Nevada. Um, and, 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 and I'm not even sure it's unique to the United States. Um, there are certainly mm-hmm. some countries that are in, are in a better position from an education perspective, from a teacher 
uh, shortage perspective than we are. However, it's certainly uh, national. And so there's there's a lot of things. I mean, the first and, and foremost is, is what we talked about is trying to look at the salaries and, and adjust those accordingly. Now, that's that's great if we're the only state or the only county that does that because that puts us at advantage. But but we weren't. There were a number of other yeah. counties and cities and school districts that, that did the same thing. Um, not necessarily all of the uh, competing districts for the for the teachers that we, we recruit, um, but we probably made some head ground there. And so the other pieces, you know, we have looked at uh, incentives, um, relocation incentives that we had utilized in the past to attract uh, some some of the teachers from from out of state. That's great. Um, the, the legislature passed a, a, what I'll call a teacher pipeline program being required in all high schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we had established that uh, prior to that, not necessarily in all schools, but we had established that. Uh, and then really working with the higher education institution and colleges around um, programming, helping to uh, show students the the benefits of, of, of teaching and, and how that works. All right. And then Great idea. Yeah. Prob- probably the last piece that we have is that there's, um, it's called, and I don't know, it's, I'll probably use the wrong terminology, it's, it's alter- alternate routes to licensure for, for teaching. We've mm. got programs for our support professionals that yeah. have some education. Um, they may not have all the requirements to where we funded um, for a couple of years to to fund them to go through an alternate route uh, with one of the universities here to allow them okay. to become teachers over a shorter period of time. And so we're looking at different ways that we can utilize that tool set as well, because yeah. there are a number of other support professionals that, that do have some education and they may be close, but mm-hmm. they may not be in a position to, to finalize that. And you make it attractive as well. Yeah, I we also saw that too. I think at the start of this school year, you had about seventeen hundred or so teacher um, positions, right? I think you had to to fill. Yeah, and, yeah and it, so. it varies, and, and I don't know. I think the closest number I have now is somewhere around twelve hundred, but it it varies okay. on a daily basis because uh, principals uh, through different laws have the autonomy to hire um, mm-hmm. the teachers they seem fit, and so as they as they decide they're not going to hire any more teachers, then, then they pull up out of the system. So it, the, the number of open positions goes down, which means vacancies goes down. So it changes, yeah. it changes yeah. on a daily basis for us. What about housing? Is that an issue down there as well? Housing is a significant issue. This, that, mm-hmm. that used to be one of the reasons why people were you know, fleeing Southern California to Las Vegas during the 90s and 2000s, where our home prices were you know, probably below $100 a square foot. Uh, and, and construction was booming, so a lot of houses were being built. Uh, now, I think the most recent thing that I saw on the news was median house prices right around four hundred and seventy thousand yeah. um, dollars. So uh, that makes it uh, incredibly challenging for um, you know younger professionals in, in, in any profession um, yes. to, to make those to make those payments. So yeah. it is a challenge. Uh, I know that there's other districts um, that have looked at providing some form of housing or some sort of mm-hmm. some sort yeah. of housing subsidy uh for teachers uh, we have not fully gone down that path we've we've had discussions but um there are a number of a number of things that uh, other districts have, have tried to do as well I, I don't know how successful they've been um mm-hmm. i'm sure it's great if you can get really cheap housing that's that's good for a short period but i don't know if it changes the 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 needle or moves the needle for for number of teachers that they get yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, as we get ready to wrap up here, uh, Jason, and we appreciate 
again, your time, you're sharing with us today. Um, is there anything, I guess, if you're looking to the future outlook in general for Nevada uh, in the state as it relates to school business, anything else you see that could be on the horizon, uh, whether it's a, a positive or negative thing, but any challenge that, you know, that you're looking to, to tackle, another one? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, I go back to the, the teacher shortage is, is, is certainly yeah. the, the, the biggest piece. And, you know, with all the efforts, um, you know, there's still a long way to go. Uh, inflation um, has really impacted Southern Nevada. Mm. Um, you know, our, our gaming industry um, boomed, you know, incredibly. That has driven um, most recently that in the news uh, record uh, contracts for, for union labor, um, which is driving costs up. Um, and so inflation is, 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 has been a challenge, and I see that being a continued challenge because even with the level of raises that we were able to give, it mm-hmm. didn't fully make up for the massive inflation that, that employees saw over the last few years uh, under yeah. prior contracts. So, so that's a challenge, and it's yeah. a challenge for us. Right? Yeah. Our contracts for, for non-personnel goods are going up significantly um, mm-hmm. with, with the cost, you know, and, and then going back to the other pieces, you know, adequate funding for operations. As I mentioned, yes. you know, our, our operations are, are significantly underfunded by any measure out there. We probably need another $150 million a year in operational maintenance wow. to, to maintain our assets that's huge. Uh, at a level that's, yeah. that's reasonable based off any industry standards. Yeah. And, and we just don't have that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we've got about a $6 billion deficit between our capital needs and our bonding capacity um, over the next 10, 10 to 15 years. So all of those challenges are, are, are going to need to be addressed over the long period of time. And, and really, it gets back to the most simple answer is funding. Yep. And, yep. and I don't well, that- see us having another massive boom um, uh-huh. like we did during this piece. Hopefully, we see con- consistent growth that still allows pieces. But yeah, this, this, this seems like a one-time infusion of, of cash and revenues into the state funds that that we may not see for a while. Are you, now you're referring to the gaming. I'm I, it's the, the the state overall gaming was was massive. It's it's a massive amount of our income. Yeah, we probably got some There's other too. components, and 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 it was, you know, this this last biennium we had well over you know a billion dollars um, mm-hmm. in, in excess revenues um, yeah. that that was that were above what was anticipated. So, okay. oh wow, great. Well, um, you know. If anybody who comes on, uh, we always ask if you can provide a piece of advice to anyone listening. And so, um, you know, you've done a great job. And I, I do I do want to keep it where, where we, we, you know, we stay on, on time and task here. But is there anything, any piece of advice you could offer uh, to anybody listening, whether it's a new or seasoned um, school business official? Yeah, I, I think the one piece that we are we are starting to grapple with more and more is is what I'll call workforce changes. Mm. And and I think that trying to understand how to implement uh alternative workforce opportunities, whether mm-hmm. that's remote, um, you know, the 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 new generation uh workforce have significantly different expectations than oh, absolutely <laughs> than than what's been than been standard and whether Agreed. that means you know the the way that compensation is structured um mm-hmm. the way that their work day is structured and, and it was so, hybrid you know i yeah. think that that's, yeah. that's that's a topic that you know i think everybody needs to be aware of and start addressing sooner than later um mm, because right. i think that 
Um, from what I, everybody I talk to in every industry, every industry right now has mm-hmm. a shortage of, of, of qualified applicants and employees. You know, I'm, I'm an accountant by trade back in the old days and, and accountants, there's no more accountants. Right? They, they can't find enough accountants. They can't find enough teachers. They can't find enough engineers, right? It's, yeah. it's virtually yeah. every piece. And, and the, the workforce evolution, I think, is one of the key pieces that we've got to start looking at um, and how we meet the needs a little differently we are now to make sure we can attract people and retain them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, David, this is great. Um, you, you know, you've really amazed me here. Um, I've learned so much. I tell Charles all the time. When we have these conversations with uh, school business officials and we see their stories and what they're facing, um, what you're doing is very commendable. And again, we didn't we didn't speak to it. We won't speak to it. But congrats on um, on closing out, you know, your, your contracts uh, recently. Great, so um, and so with that, um, that's it. This is a great job. So. Um, and so, folks, you have it. Um, the Clark County School District. Oh, my gosh, Sarah. I wow. know you have the voice to kind of get in there and, <laughs> and go back and forth, which I don't blame you because um, I would have been out there at the game, too. And that's my team root for it. And I, I wish Seattle got it. I do like Seattle. And it's unfortunate that um, they got rid of Pete pretty fast. Um, yeah, they did. <laughs> but but he had a good run there. Um, just that bad call he made against the um, Patriots that year, because I, I definitely don't like the Patriots. But see, I, I digress. But for those out there who aren't <laughs> football fans and who are SBO perspective fans, uh, we really thank you for listening. And hopefully, I mean, well, what do you think? I mean, some of those suggestions are pretty good, right? I mean, and the awareness of that, like the, the, the landscape is changing. I know. Oh, um, yeah. You know, they had mentioned folks out there. We we had set this up. It had been in works for some time um, because we wanted to wait until they settled their contract negotiations, which they just did. Um, but because it still um, has to be settled with the press and things like that, we we refrained from discussing it. And we spoke about it prior. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah. I mean, Tara, to find out. First of all, the size of the district is humongous. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. <sighs> I can't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. Size. I mean. And then he said they need $150 more million a year. <laughs> like, okay. But they really need. It's not like he just wants it. Um, but what <laughs> I like about David was that he did have experience um, back, he mentioned, with the casinos. And I guess it goes hand in hand, right, with the, the landscape where they are and the schools. But, oh, my gosh, they were bringing folks there, but the housing prices are so high. And, I mean, yeah. Oh, and and like, um, like he said, this is a national issue, right? This isn't necessarily yeah. just in his county or the state of Nevada. Correct. But yeah. It's really a national Huge. problem. Huge. Yep. Well, folks, but we're glad that we got him on um, and we're able to share. And uh, for folks listening out there, I'm JR. And I'm Tara. And we're SPO Perspectives. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.